Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wish Well Podcast. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I hope that you enjoy these episodes from all of these amazing and inspirational women. This week's episode is number 34 with Dr. Sarah Reck. It is entitled Owning Your Own Journey. Before I get into the episode, I want to again thank you for tuning in. I hope that you all are doing well and hanging in there. Some of you may have kids who are going back to school either in person or online, and I hope that you are giving yourself some grace during these times. I know I am, and actually, it's funny. My son just started sixth grade, so he is a new middle schooler, and he is going to school at home, which is interesting. I actually do enjoy having him home with me when I am working from home. And I was sitting downstairs after I got home from work and I was after lunch hearing these thumping sounds and it startled me until I realized that he was upstairs doing his PE class, um, jumping up and down and doing whatever exercises that they had the kiddos doing. And I just kind of chuckled to myself and just thought, you know, who would have thought that we would have our kids at home for school? like this. So I just had to kind of think positive and he always likes to get out of his room and come check on me, see what I'm up to and then run back to his room so that he doesn't miss anything. So it's just kind of a nice time for us and try to think positive about it. So I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Sarah Reck. I actually recorded this episode a couple of months ago, and in the episode, you'll hear us talk about the Peloton and how that has changed her fitness and her ability to work out, especially during the pandemic times. And at the time that we recorded it, I had just placed the order for it, and I ended up getting it maybe a couple of weeks after we recorded the episode. And so I personally love the Peloton. I use it probably every day probably multiple times a day, depending on what type of activity I'm doing. So I love the ability to work out and be close to my family and just literally just jump on the bike in within five minutes when I decide I want to work out. And also I wanted to make note of, um, her new course, which I'll talk about and read about. Um, and at the time that we recorded, she had not released it yet. So I'm super excited for her. So I definitely hope that you check her out. So a little bit about Dr. Reck. She is a physician, a fellow anesthesiologist like myself. She's a mother of four boys. And when we recorded this episode, it was on video and I didn't post the video, but her, her boys were running around in the background. It was super cute. Dr. Reck is a fitness junkie. She is currently practicing as an anesthesiologist in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and she works full-time practicing general anesthesia. Her boys are two, four, six, and eight. Amazing mom. (laughs) Juggling work and motherhood is definitely no small feat for her, especially with the crazy hours that she works. And one of the ways that she makes sure that she's able to take care of everyone else is by taking care of herself. 
She does this by practicing self-care in the form of exercise. For her, fitness has taken on different meanings in different phases of her life, and currently she feels like she has come full circle. She was a runner at the onset, but her fitness routine has taken on different forms as the demands of motherhood have taken over. For years, the best time for her to exercise was early in the morning or during kids' naps, and due to that, she was starting more at-home workouts. And as her kids are now getting older, she has started training for the New York City Marathon, which I don't think that they're having anymore at this point in person. But regardless, I think it's still an amazing, amazing goal. In addition to being passionate about fitness, she's also passionate about all things motherhood, and she lives by the mantra that you have to take and respect your own journey and try not to compare it to anyone else's journey. Last but not least, her professional expertise in anesthesiology and personal interest in helping mothers live their best lives have recently merged as she has created a course to educate women about pain control options during labor and delivery with an in-depth look at epidural anesthesia and anesthesia for C-sections. Throughout her 14-year career in medicine, she has placed thousands of epidurals and has been dumbfounded at how little good education and information is available about this topic. She's become increasingly frustrated with the fact that women are very educated about the labor and delivery process, but are little educated about epidurals. Therefore, she set out to create a course filling this void. The course has now been released and is available for purchase on her website at sarahreckmd.com. Make sure that you check out her course and follow her on social media on Instagram at Sarah Rec MD, also on Facebook at Sarah Rec MD, finding uh, uh, Sarah Rec MD, and um, you can also just check out her website, sarahrecmd.com. So I'm super excited to share this episode with you. I always love chatting with fellow anesthesiologists, and uh, we talk a little bit about what it was like for me when I had my baby during residency, and then for her uh, having her children after residency and as a new attending. So please uh, take a listen, enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating or or review, and tune in every week for more episodes. I have plenty of fun episodes coming up, and I hope you all stay well. Take care. All right. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Sarah Reck. So she and I met through uh, one of our Facebook groups, and we were actually trying to figure out which group it is. We can't really remember. Uh, but regardless, um, we met through there, and uh, she is uh, delighted to come on here to share her story. So welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, when we have guests on the episode, I always ask them what health and wellness means to them. So what does health and wellness mean to you? Um, So for me, it's really just owning your own journey um, and knowing that you need to do what you need to do for your own fitness and health. And that means a little something different for everybody. Um, I know like for instance, I've tried to get my husband to have my same interests with fitness and health, not health per se, but fitness. And he's just not into the same thing I am. And I finally recognize that letting him do his thing and me doing my thing is much better for the piece. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I think just the idea that if you try to do something that you don't like, you're not going to stick with it. And so the most important thing is to find something that you enjoy doing um, and that'll speak to you and you'll be able to stick with it, which is the most important thing. It's not about doing what everybody else is doing, but doing what's right for you in that moment and um, what makes you happy. Great. And I always argue with my husband. I shouldn't say argue, but we always have discussions how he is always trying to get me to do what he likes to do in terms of fitness. And um, so definitely I think it's important to have your own journey or your own, um, like you said, owning your own journey. So has that always has fitness and I know you mentioned fitness. Um, has that always been a part of your life? It's always been a huge part of my life. I mean, I was an athlete growing up from, from as young as I can remember. I was in basketball and I used to cross country ski and cross country ski race. And I did all of those things from elementary school up through high school. And then in high school, I really um, kind of settled in on running. So I ran cross country and track during high school and continued that in college. Actually, I kind of chose the college that I went to because I wanted to be able to run in conjunction with them having a good um, you know, pre-medical arts program. Um, so I was able to run all through college. And so running has always been a huge part of my life. So I can't really remember a time when I didn't exercise, um, you know, and then that kind of morphed as I went through applying to medical school and medical school, obviously, as life becomes busier and I had a lot less time, you know, it was less formal because I was so used to in high school and college having formal practices and training for something and having races and having that kind of morph into how fitness was going to be more just for my own mental health and personal physical health. Um, but yeah, so it's really always been a part of my life. Like I can't remember a time that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit. So you said that you were always an athlete. So where did you actually grow up? Um, so I grew up in northern Wisconsin in a teeny tiny town that's near Wausau, Wisconsin, um, which is north central Wisconsin. Okay. And so then um, I know currently, and I didn't mention earlier, you are in practice in Milwaukee. So you live in Milwaukee and you are a general anesthesiologist, um, which is my primary specialty too. So that's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and so, um, so how long have you been living in Milwaukee then? So we moved back here... I have to think, uh, pretty much right after I finished residency. So I finished residency in 2010. I did my residency in Chicago. Um, we took a little um, detour out to California. I was going to do a fellowship out there, and it's kind of a long story, but I was going to do a fellowship and then ended up not doing the fellowship. So we moved out there in August, and we ended up moving back to Milwaukee in January of 2010. So we've been here since then, so almost 10 years. Okay. And so, because I know you mentioned cross-country skiing and as a Texan, I don't even know what that is, but um, <laughs> sounds really hard. I mean, I've only skied a couple <laughs> times in my life and it's very hard. Um, so you mentioned that your fitness journey did morph when you were, you know, in medical school and in your training. So what did that look like for you? So I think, you know, the biggest difference was after like you said, in college, there was, everything was planned out for you. So someone told me what to do, when to do it, what I was training for, and then I, once I left college, I didn't, I kept running, but it, it obviously had to become more about self-motivation. And 
I did the road race circuit for a while. I actually lived in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years before starting medical school. And so did the road race circuit and had a ton of fun with that. Um, and I think same thing with during medical school. It was it was more about a, a break from studying because it was a great reason to take a break from sitting at a table in Starbucks for six hours at a time. Um, but I think it was more about, you know, the mental health and the break and just keeping up the, the physical health. Um, and same thing during residency, but residency, I feel like exercise, it, it was sporadic, right? Because I was exhausted all the time. And so um, that took a lot more effort, but I think it was still about the mental, just like the mental escape from day-to-day -day residency life, which we all know is, is such a toll. Um, and that was my, everyone, I remember somebody saying when I was an intern that like any, on any given day, you basically work and you can have one other thing that you do, right? Like you go out to dinner, you do this, you do that. I exercise. And all of my friends thought I was crazy. They're like, how, how do you exercise during residency? I'm like, it's the one thing I do. Like that is the one thing that I do. Um, but I really didn't run races during that time. Cause again, it just, there's no time for it. And to train for something or to know I was going to have the right weekend off was just too difficult to try to juggle. So it really just became about staying in shape and the mental break. Um, and then once training finished, um, you know, and I kind of started with baby after baby after baby. Um, so I have four kids and they're all two years apart, essentially. And I was in this phase that I'm finally getting out of. I was in this phase of pregnancy, nursing, pregnancy, nursing, pregnancy, nursing. And during that time period, I really took a break from running and I'm finally getting back to it. Not a break from fitness, but a break from running just because I needed to be able to exercise when my kids were napping or, you know, needed to be convenient because somebody had to be at home watching them. And if my husband wasn't home, I had to be watching them. So I started to just do more um, stuff in my basement. So I basically have a home gym. I have an elliptical, a treadmill, weights, a Peloton, which have all been collected over the course of 10 years. Um, but I really got away from running because it was just too difficult to try and get out of the house with all four of the kids um, or get out of the house at a time that was convenient or I'm exercising at five o'clock in the morning because as you and I both know, anesthesia hours are ridiculously early. I leave the house at 6.30. Um, so Wisconsin winter, January, um, is not conducive to running outside at five o'clock in the morning. Maybe it is. Yeah. I'm a wuss. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, so fitness just really became, again, it was more about just the, you know, the, the mental benefit, the physical benefit I got, got from it, but being able to do what was convenient when and where I had time. Um, and now I'm finally looping back around to running, which is really funny because I ran two marathons. I always said I wanted to qualify for Boston, run Boston, and then I was done with marathoning forever. And so I did that. I ran Boston my first year of medical school. And um, then probably late last year, like around the holidays, I kind of started started to come out of the baby fog. All my kids sleep through the night and kind of started to feel like I wanted more of a fitness goal again, like something to train for and not just, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and be like, why, why am I exercising? I enjoy it. I like it, but why am I exercising? Mm -hmm. And so I started to think about training for something again. And I 
tossed around another marathon, which I said I'd never do, um, a triathlon or maybe a century ride. And I went back and forth between kind of around all, all of them. And at the same time, I had a bunch of friends, you know, training for fall marathons. And I was like, oh, that'd be really fun. You know, a couple of people training for Chicago and New York City. And um, it just is like, oh, it'd, it'd be fun to run another marathon. Maybe I can run another marathon. And, mm-hmm. and then this is kind of a long convoluted story, but my cousin had, her son was born in August with undiagnosed congenital heart disease. And he ended up having, um, he ended up having surgery in uh, November. And so she's become really involved in the, um, their foundation, the congenital heart disease foundation. And I've kind of associated with that a little bit. And so they sent out an email asking for charity runners for the New York city marathon. And so on a whim one Saturday afternoon, I was like, I'm just going to apply. If I get accepted, then it was meant to be. And I'm going to run this marathon. Cause if I was going to run another one, it was going to be a major. Um, and I got accepted. <laughs> so I just found out about three weeks ago that I'm, if it happens, cause who knows what's going to happen with COVID, but, um, if it happens, I'm going to run the New York city marathon in the fall. So it all just kind of, it kind of came together where I was starting to get back into running anyhow and debating a race. And then this charity that, you know, was meant something to me, um, I got accepted for. And so, yeah, so now I'm dabbling back and running, which is interesting to kind of get back up to speed with all of that. It's just, it's a different form of exercise from like going in my basement and lifting or making up my own strength routines. So yeah, I feel like I've totally come full circle. <laughs> That's such a cool, uh, cool story, especially, you know, how the universe works. Um, right. and hopefully you'll get the chance to run it. Um, <laughs> so I know, um, you said you had four kids and so they're all, I know you told me earlier, two and a half, five, seven, and nine, mm-hmm. all boys. All boys yeah. <laughs> so you had, so you had your boys when you were finished with your training. Yeah. So my first one was born pretty much nine months after, 10 months after I finished training. So I think like a lot of women, I spent the first couple of years out of training, just trying to juggle professional life with kid life and it can get totally overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I have an 11 year old and I had him during residency. Mm -hmm. Um, I had him during my second year of residency. So as you mentioned, you know, the hours, I mean, some days, especially when you're, when I was on my CV anesthesia rotation, I'd be up at 4.30 AM setting up the rooms. And so um, it is tough um, juggling, you know, um, family life um, and training. And so um, how did you juggle that as a new attending, um, you know, having kids? Um, you know, I don't even think I thought about it. I, first off, I give major props to people who have kids during residency because I, I really don't know how people do it. <laughs> so good job. Um, and obviously they do. And I think it's becoming more common, but I, I think I was partially lucky. So I went to an academic practice right out of, I worked at the medical college of Wisconsin for seven years out of residency. And I was pretty lucky to have surprisingly a couple of women who were both professors in the department who were really supportive of the younger women in the department. And you don't always see that in anesthesia. I mean, you and I both know it's something like 9% of all anesthesia chairs across the country are women. And you don't tend to see a lot of women in those higher up positions. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was good to have the support from them. Um, 
it definitely, I also was able to go down to 80% when my second child was, I have to think about it, probably about a year old. I went down to 80%. So I had a guaranteed day off every week. And that helped a lot just to be able to schedule appointments for the kids or appointments for myself or, you know, all of those things. But it was certainly, it was certainly challenging just trying to navigate. And at the time I was in academics and that can be a little bit harder because you're trying to figure out your way in academics, which is why I left academics because I didn't have a particular academic interest. Um, But I think that's what it was. It's just figuring it out as you go along. And I don't, I wish I had great advice for somebody trying to do it, but I think the biggest things are, you know, asking for help and just telling people what you need and what's going on. Um, But yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was interesting. I really don't, I think it was such a fog. Those eight years are such a fog in my life. Like (laughs) it was so sleep deprived from call and from kids. So, but I think just finding mentors, like I said, I was really lucky that these, these two women who were higher up in the department were, were supportive and were helpful and, um, kind of took me under their wing and showed me the ropes a little bit. So, so going back to the original phrase that you picked, which was owning your own journey. So, um, you mentioned several times that your journey had changed throughout the years. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what your fitness journey or health and wellness journey was during the times when you, when you had your kids, cause you mentioned being pregnant, breastfeeding and kind of yeah. going through that process. And it's, it's nine years pretty much. Right. 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 <laughs> So I think the biggest thing that I learned, and it's, it's funny because I can reflect on it now, but there was probably, a, I mean, like I said, I'm just getting back into running now. And for probably about three years between when, at, probably more like four years, because after my third one was born, um, I think things just got really hard to juggle with the kids being so little and work was really picking up and it was really busy. Um, and I just started to, and I, I, I almost felt bad because I'd, I'd go out the door to go running because that's what I identified with as, a, a, as my fitness, what I did for exercise. And I'd go out the door to go running and it just wasn't enjoyable anymore. Like it was so much work. And I also had this idea in my head that, you know, like these are the pieces that I run. I run an eight minute mile. And if I wasn't hitting those, I felt really bad about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just got to a point where I was dreading those runs. And at that point I, um, you know, I belong to physician mommy fitness group on Facebook. I don't know if you're in that one. And a lot of people were talking about orange theory fitness. And so I decided to give that a try. And I think Mm -hmm. that was a big turning point for me because I saw that I could still incorporate the running, but do some other things. And I love being able to go to a class that, kept me interested. It was different every time. And I could walk in the door and somebody just told me what to do. I was like, I literally, I just want someone to tell me what to do for an hour. I don't want to have to think I want to get my workout in and be done with it. And I love that about it, that I could walk in, do the workout and leave. Um, and that, but that was a big turning point because I, you see my husband back there. (laughs) Um, Cause it just allowed me to take that step away from running and not be stressed out about it anymore. Um, and that's when I also started to do more, get more of the home workout. So, and I started to just piece by piece acquire my exercise equipment and it just let me do, like I said, what I needed to do when I needed to do it instead of feeling like 
trying to figure out how am I going to juggle this run? And I don't really want to go running anyhow. And I'm going to feel bad because it's not going to be a fast run. Um, which I think was just a factor of everything we mentioned four kids, breastfeeding, pregnancy, Mm -hmm. super early hours in the operating room. Um, it just wasn't a good time for running for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also found, you know, during that time of everyone would, you know, everyone has their thing that they love. Like I have a friend who is obsessed with yoga. She loves yoga and she always tries to convince <laughs> me to do it. And I've tried, like I've, I've really tried to do yoga and to like yoga. And I don't, I, if I'm going to work out, I want to go and do, and it, this is just me, but I want to be sweating. I want to be breathing hard. I want to feel like I went and got a good workout. Not that yoga isn't, it's just not my thing. And so I mm-hmm. finally was able to realize like, this is just not my thing. And when I try to do it, I feel like I didn't work out. So just, I'm going to put it to the side. If somebody else likes it, that's great for them. And that's what I mean when I say owning your own journey. Like it's not about, you know, convincing everybody else to like Orange Theory Fitness or convincing everybody else to like Peloton. Although I don't know how you can't like Peloton, but. (laughs) I'm Um, still waiting on mine. (laughs) Did you order one? It's amazing. yeah, it's, it's obsessive. Um, you know, just, just understanding that everybody has their own thing. And as long as that's what keeps them happy is what's, what's important. So, um, but yeah, and just accepting where you are. And like I said, once I was able to finally accept that I wasn't in a headspace for running at the time, once I let that go and just let my fitness journey be my fitness journey and accept that I was still exercising. I was still getting the benefit that I needed from it. Um, that was fine. And I I didn't need to compare myself to what this friend was doing or that friend was doing or, or anybody else. So, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as running is concerned, I mean, um, my, I personally, my issue with running is when I don't run for a long period of time, when I start back running, it is so frustrating to kind of get back into it. And it's so much more of a mental thing. And so, I mean, like you, I'm not super fast or anything, but I've done a full marathon and I took a long break from running. And then once I started to get back into running, just the whole process of just getting things ready. I mean, it's just that mental, mental like block that you have that I have personally. Well, and and now I'm kind of, you know, I'm probably not because I've had knee surgery a number of times and I don't want to only run. I think that that was the other thing that I've seen is that I like doing a lot of other things. I don't want to just run for the next six months. So I'm definitely going to be incorporating biking and the strength work into my routine. So I kind of have to figure out how that's all going to work. Um, but yeah, getting ready to run is a whole, you know, getting up and especially here, I, the other day I was going to go running and it was 28 degrees when I woke up I was like, I'm not going running outside because, because I didn't have anything ready. I was like, I don't know where a winter running jacket is or like a <laughs> hat or anything. Um, so I ran on the treadmill, which was really boring, <laughs> but I did it. Um, but it is definitely a mental block sometimes. It's like, once you get that first mile in, it usually <laughs> eases. But yeah. 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 But to speak to what you were saying earlier about, you know, everybody's own personal journey or what they need at that time. I mean, I'm probably like your friend. I am, my baseline is I'm a yogi and I've always been a yogi, but over the years, my practice has definitely changed to where I am 
doing much more high intense workouts. I love going to the studio. I did Orange Theory. So I do a variety of things now that yoga, my baseline kind of fell off to the wayside. But then because of the pandemic, you know, um, that was really what my body needed. And I needed that emotional kind of connection that I get with my yoga practice, which is probably what you get with your your running. So um, I definitely think that that story can speak to a lot of people in terms of everybody has their own little you know, types of fitness that works for them. And so what works for you may not work for anybody, for somebody else. Right. And I think the important thing too, is just for people do what makes you happy and do what makes you comfortable. And, um, that's, that's what's sustainable. You know, it's, it's the times that I've tried to do things that I, again, when I was trying to run and I didn't want to be running, it it wasn't sustainable. And I started to not enjoy exercise as much. And now that, you know, once I was able to find something I enjoyed, it definitely, it's sustainable. And I think that's the thing for people who are, you know, trying to start a fitness routine is what should I do? What's the best exercise? You see that all the time. If you go on online Mm -hmm. forums, like what's the best exercise to lose weight? And it's like the best exercise is whatever you're going to stick with. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, yes, there's obviously ones that are more efficient if you're looking for weight loss, but really it's whatever you're going to stick with and that's sustainable for you. And, you know, that's why I left Orange Theory, actually. People ask me that all the time. I, I loved it. Um, it was actually funny because I was, I did Orange Theory through my fourth pregnancy and like a week before I was due, I was running on the treadmill. I was like, enormous, but um you got to get your splats. That's right. Well, that, and I was like, maybe it'll put me into labor. <laughs> um, but I had to leave because it just wasn't working with my schedule anymore because I transitioned to a new job and I couldn't make it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I still miss it. And sometimes I think about going back, but it got really stressful to try to figure out how to get my eight classes in. And it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't worth it anymore um, for that yeah. reason, because it was stressful to try to figure it out. And I think understanding that for people is important. It's, you know, finding a studio or a class or an exercise that works for you and works for your schedule or works with what you have at the current time. So, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I did Orange Theory way back when too. And, um, and that is stressful whenever you sign up and, Mm -hmm. and you have to take a certain amount of classes a month, and then you feel like it's a waste if you're not able to do all the classes. And I actually um, started, (coughs) excuse me, buying class packs. Um, Orange Theory sometimes does class packs. Some okay. other studios also do class packs. Yeah. And so that's probably my little my little tip is that if if you don't if that stresses you out, which it does stress me out as well, I buy like you know just a class pack where mm-hmm. I can do a class here and there, and I'm not limited. Although there is an expiration or a deadline that you have to sure. use them by, but. Yeah. I mean, I love going to studios as well. I love being around people. And with this pandemic, that's probably the hardest thing is I miss going to the studios, um, to my fitness classes and seeing my friends and the fitness community, but it is what it is at this time. Well, and that's also the great thing about Peloton. Um, you know, cause obviously they, they have the bike and I, I got mine two and a half years ago and I love it. Um, but they also have all the other classes. So they, I've actually done a couple of their yoga classes because I don't feel like I'm wasting money. So like if I, I'm not going to go pay for a yoga class because for me, it feels like a waste of money. But if mm-hmm. I, if I'm just doing it at home and I'm not paying any extra and I feel really I'm super sore and tight, then it's right at my fingertips and I've already paid for it. So why not? Yeah, um, yeah. So that is one of the nice things about some of those, especially the Peloton app is once you've paid for it, you just, it's all inclusive with everything they have. So yeah. yeah. 
I feel like, um, you know, I've been convinced now that I need to get a Peloton or I need to have a Peloton in my life. Pretty much everybody needs a Peloton in their life. It's mandatory, I think. I agree. And I can work out with my friends that, Mm -hmm. you know, don't live in the same city. So it's really nice. Um, So last... Oh, go ahead. Go it's ahead. been a lifesaver for us during this pandemic because my, my older two kids have been using it. I can lower the seat enough because oh, yeah. it was freezing in March and we were going crazy trying to get them outside. And finally I was like, go ride the Peloton. <laughs> so my kids ride it. My husband's been riding it. And yeah, it's been, it's been a lifesaver. <laughs> That's super fun. Well, once, once ours gets in, I might have to get my son on it and see if he likes it. Um, so last question I have is, uh, what does your journey look like now? So I think I already mentioned it. I it's, it's training for this marathon and crossing my fingers that it happens. Um, and just, I mean, I'm really like three months into wrapping my head around the fact that I signed on for another marathon. Um, so right now I'm just trying to run twice a week and get back into that. Um, but when I get full swing into training, my plan is just to run probably three times a week, like do one long run and a couple other runs and then bike one day and continue to do the strength work. I mean, I work out six days a week, most of the time, anyhow, it's definitely a little daunting to figure out how to do those long runs just with, you know, I have a crazy schedule between call and weekend call and all of that stuff. So that's a little bit daunting, but yeah. So just to, to get back into running and, um, figure out a schedule that's going to be sustainable and we'll see how it goes. And I luckily, I don't really have any time goals for this race. Um, <laughs> you see my son back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the seven year old. Um, I don't have any time goals, although in my head I do, I'm not going to state them to anybody, but, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice just to be able to run to and not be like, like when I was training for Boston, it was like, I have like, I'm going to get this Boston qualifying times. I don't want to run another marathon. I don't uh-huh. feel that pressure this time. So that's kind of nice too. That's always nice not to have that pressure. So. Yeah. And yeah. run and do it because you enjoy doing it and you want to challenge yourself. Well, um, thank you for sharing your time with us today. Um, if people are interested in reaching out to you or connecting with you, how can they go about doing so? Um, so the two best places are probably on Instagram, which is just Sarah Rock MD, um, my name. And then my blog, I blog a lot about um, fitness and put up some different workouts that I do on there and, you know, some about mom life and doctor life and all that stuff. Um, and it's the same thing, sarahrockmd.com. So super awesome. easy. <laughs> okay. Well, I will post that in our show notes. And again, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Bye. All right. Have a good afternoon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.